Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world today, I welcome you to Wow, What a Show. <laughs> Absolutely, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows forth his handiwork. Day unto day utter its speech and night unto night knowledge. There is no place where this language is not heard. God is on the throne. He is really amazing. I have been working um, alongside some people and I've heard some tremendous testimonies of the goodness of God. All that he does, he is quite amazing. He's done it for me. He's done it for you. He's done it for all of us because we've all enjoyed the call and his drawing us out of darkness in this light. Woo, we've come a long way in the book of Proverbs. And I know that, you know, when things go on too long, the time kind of wind down. And yet when we did the Psalms, all 150 of them, we just, it never did kind of wane into, uh, you know, sort of that state of, oh, I've had too much. And the Proverbs are the same way for me. So tonight we're reading from chapter 26 and we're just going to read and go. This chapter is uh, a repeat of many of the things that we've already covered. And so we're not going to have to do too much ex, uh, ex, uh, exposing or ex, what you call, I'm wrong, commenting, because the themes are, I think, only four. So let's read chapter 26, verse one says, as snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. Now we're going to stop here because I think that's really self-explanatory. Um, snow in the summer just it 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 doesn't make sense. It doesn't snow in the summer, you know. I mean, global warming, anything could happen. But in general, when these proverbs were written, that was not, not even even heard of. And so it was that when it when it's time to bring in the harvest, you don't want rain. It could wash it out. Whatever the harvest would be could be washed away. But it also is messy trying to bring it in. So that's really what it's saying here. The comparison of a um, of a fool having honor, it doesn't match. It is inappropriate. Okay, verse two: As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. And that's simply saying that if you haven't done a thing, you won't have to pay the price for the thing that you haven't done. The curse causeless shall not come. A whip for the horses, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Chastisement to bring the folly of a person who would make such choices, to break them and to bring them into obedience. Verse 4. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like him. Yeah, you know, my parents used to say, you can't argue with a signpost because when we were in disagreement as children, they had a whole house full of them. Uh, 
you people just arguing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Pretty soon, whoever could have been the victor in the matter, whosoever cause might have been the most just, it dissipates because both people are acting exactly the same. Oh, good evening there. <laughs> Light touching memes, how are you? I thought I was talking to myself tonight, and I'm saying we'll get in and we'll get out. But bless you for coming. God bless you both. I'm just going to read through and comment, you know, as the Lord says. So Gabs did such a great job this morning, and I, I'm just going to wing it here. With Well, not wing it. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit talk us through it. And you make comments, and I will make my, you know, I'll look and try to read those and bring them into the reading. Ah, high freshen spaces. Wow, I'm getting a whole, a whole studio feel. This is great. We're at verse four. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. We did it. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Now, I read some corresponding scriptures this morning. You know, conceit is just really not good. And um, uh, the, the, it's written, I think it's I think it's Corinthians. I, I made notes, but uh, that be not wise in your own eyes. You know, don't don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't be conceited, thinking that you're all that in something else. Right. No, that's not that's not the mind of Christ. And we do want the mind of Christ. And so we humble ourselves and we don't walk in pride. He that sends a message. Oh, um, Yes, he that sends a message, verse 6, uh, by the hand of a fool, cuts off the feet and drinks damage. Right. Because now, you know, a person who enjoys mischief and, you know, lying and deceit and all that stuff, so you won't entrust him with something that could be um, overturned. You speak words that he might not, you know, children, you, 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 we used to tell the children, mother would tell us, go tell so-and-so that I said, right? And we would go tell so-and-so that mother said. Now you tell children to go, go tell so-and-so that I said. They go and say, uh, they don't even mention that you said it. They, they say, go and do so-and-so. So, you know, I'm saying, uh, okay. They are not going to obey you like they're going to obey me, right? So it, in a lot of ways, remember this morning I told you, these proverbs for all of us, and all of us have been foolish, but these modern children can be real foolish. They take an authority that they do not have, and that is not good. That's just not good. So that's what it's saying. Don't send a message by someone who doesn't have the good sense to deliver the message, right? Or who in their mischief might change the message. Okay, the uh, the legs of the lame are not equal. So is a parable in the mouth of a... That's what I'm saying. A, a parable in the mouth of someone who does not respect uh, authority or, or the wisdom or any of that that might be contained, it, it's it's an, an inequality to trust them with it. That's the point. As he that bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a foot. 
I'm telling you, <laughs> these verses are just continuously pounding the message of the inadequacy of someone who is filled with folly and mischief, lying and deceit, which is a sum total of what this word fool is uh, alluding to, as we have heard it through the Proverbs, we know then that there is no place for honor with such a person. And there is no place for trust of such a person. And when you, by, you know, in your, I guess, I don't know what it would be, your lack of understanding or your lack of discernment or whatever would enter into trusting relationships with someone like that, you might just as well have flung the stone way across the, just any old where, because the, the, the fool is not, is not, he's not capable of that at that point. Now, uh, there's another part of it that like it's written in the Psalms that a fool is said in his heart that there is no God. So a godless, wicked person is really not to be trusted. Okay. As a, as a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. Well, I mean, you know, a drunkard is not steady. And um, if you, if somehow a drunkard gets a, a thorn in his hand, that's just like giving a parable. It's like that thorn in the, in the fool's mouth. It's like the thorn in the drunkard's hand. I'm sorry, it's like a thorn in his mouth as well. It, it, will, it will pierce, right? And what, what we were told that if you, if you um, give good counsel to a drunkard, they will hate you. So that the, the whole first nine chapters of this uh, book, of this chapter, is about the fool. Just the whole thing is about the fool. And then now 10, the great God that formed all things both rewards the fool and rewarded the transgressors. But that is true. God is no respecter of persons, and he forbears and gives everyone an opportunity to come to their good senses through and by the spirit salvation brings you into right thinking and so god allows the rain to fall on both the just and the unjust so it is written and such it is with these people who are like that in the earth so we are cohabitating the earth we are here all together and remember the parable where the angel said you know they look down they see the, the wheat and the tares growing together and the, the angel say shall we go down and and pull up you know pull that tares out of there or get gather the wheat and and jesus well god you know tells them no because they don't really know they think they know who the wheat and the tares are so it's not over until the end comes right as that old expression says is that it ain't over till the fat lady sings yes it's not over until the lord himself brings the judgment because he alone knows the hearts and minds of those and sometimes things look like they might not be coming to any good but because of the forbearance of the lord and because he's not willing that any should perish sometimes sometimes what you thought wasn't good turns out to be very good God knows and he judges the heart.
Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope for a fool than for him. I'm telling you, when folks think that they've got it like that, that they're all this and much, much more, and they can handle it and they can do it and all that stuff, that is a form of real silliness. They have really lost themselves in the sea of pride, and pride definitely goes before a fall, right? The soulful man says, there is an, a lion in the way and, and a lion in the streets. And, you know, we're talking now about the sluggard, slothful people, the lazy, those who give excuse for everything, who don't stand to conquer the, the uh, barriers in life. They just let them slap them down and they just keep keep on putting things off for the excuse that they would make up. As the door turns upon its hinges, so does the sloughful upon his bed. Gabs did such a good job of this this morning. What she said, I can't repeat. But I, when when she read this, when I saw the image of the door just swinging in and out, and I could see the slothful man just turning one way and then the other, right? Never to do what is not. It's it's open and it's shut, and it's it's shut and it's open. Not going anywhere, not doing anything. The door is just stuck on the hinges. So is a slothful man in his laziness, right? The slothful hides his head, hides his head in his bosom. It grieves him to bring it again to to his mouth. Isn't that something? It grieves him to bring it again to his mouth, hides his hand in his bosom. It grieves him to bring it hands in. So I'm thinking that what this means is that he just puts the hand down, pretends that he does not have the wherewithal to do the work. And it would just kill him to just have to pick that, pick up something <laughs> that might satisfy his own hunger. These proverbs are, are are deep and wide and they really get me, you know, <laughs> um, and I'm not reading a commentary tonight. I'm really letting the Lord kind of help me to see through these because, I, I, you know, Gabs, like I said, did such a great job this morning. And I I wanted to just see where where I would go in the natural with them, so to speak. So the sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men than can render a reason. Isn't that just amazing? The, the, the lazy person, right? Or <clears throat> now this lazy person is coupled with, with his own conceit. So he's both conceited and lazy. And the, the word is saying he's his seventh, he's, uh, he is uh, wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. In other, this is kind of um, what is the word? Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of an irony, but that's really not the word I'm looking for. But it's it's saying the one thing, but meaning the other. Okay, this man is is caught in in his slothfulness, and he believes in his own conceit that. He is more wise than seven men who have reason on their side. Now, I'm really struggling with that one. So if you have any comments you want to lend to me on this one, please do. I'm going to go on, but I'll come back to it. He that passes by and meddleth with strife, belongs, belonging not to him, is like 
one that take the dog by the ear. You know, truly. Meddling in other people's business, especially where it comes to strife, you might just as well wrestle with the dog. I mean, really and truly, because both parties, like you start meddling and, and you want to take up with one party or the other, right? If, if you don't take it up just right, both parties will tell you to, to mind your own business. Or you might even be caught in a, an embroilment where you could be injured. And I think the, the reference to the dog there has that in hand. Um, as a mad man who casteth fire, brands, arrows, and death. So this is a comparison back to the one who meddles with uh, strife. And a firebrand uh, in the Old Testament uh, were foxes that had these, um, I guess, I think they, they put something on the fox anyway, and they would set it afire, and the fox would just take off running. That's a firebrand, right? So that is where the comparison, as a madman who cast firebrands, arrows, and death is he that passes by and meddleth with strife belonging to somebody, somebody else's affairs. It's like taking a dog by the ears. It's like a madman who casts firebrands, arrows, and death. You just are out of your element. You're out of, out of order. You're doing something you should not do. Or where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceases. That makes good sense. Where if there are no tailbearers around, there is no continual contention, or you know, you uh, building strife and causing division and making people dislike one another because of the stuff that is being said. Tailbearers, people who run around telling something that they heard or maybe they even saw it but mostly sometimes most of the stuff is hearsay you didn't really witness it and if you did you know the old adage believe half of what you see and none of what you hear because if you heard it the repetition of a thing renders it untrue almost every time unless you recited a poem that you learned right? <laughs> you keep taking that down, but even that uh, can, can get um, uh, misconstrued. So where no wood is, the fire goes out. Where there is no tail bearer, you don't have any of that um, chaos, right, that comes from talking too much. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Now, finally, we get to a contentious man. Been talking about that old contentious complaining woman, but there are contentious men, right? And that man is as coals burning, coals being put on burning coals. In fact, it stirs up more before the fire gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's how a contentious man kindles strife, kindle uh, lights strife. He causes it to strike up, right? Contentiousness is not good. And um, 
He that hateth dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. When he speaks fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. This stuff is, I mean, the, these words are amazing. We, we know people like this. We have experienced this kind of stuff in our daily living, right? Um, people who hate others and they, they, they have envy in their heart. They have uh, strong dislike. Oh, I could tell you stories about the, the, the so certain, a certain group of young girls in the high school. Oh my gosh, let me tell you. You know, these little people, they just, um, they just can look at a person and say, I don't like them. Or listen to them talk and say, sound like this or that. Oh, it's terrible. It is horrible how quickly a person will hate someone else and for absolutely no apparent good reason. Seven men who can give unified and sound and wise judgment or advice or direction or instruction. The sluggard does not hear sound advice. Uh, that was verse 16. Okay, we're going way back away. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render reason. Yeah, right. Seven, seven people with reason. And you say unified and sound and wise judgment, advice or direction. That's reason, yeah. And this sluggard here is thinking himself to be a, a so, uh, oh my goodness. I, I know you know people like this, and I'm kind of struggling tonight because it's been a long day. But uh, there are people who just think themselves so right about everything. And they think that they are just uh they know stuff, right? And they just keep spurting and spouting and carrying on. And you cannot tell them. You can't reason with them at all. Thanks, Gabs. That gave me a, a good, a better way to say what I was trying to say. And, the, and they, uh, in their conceit, the, the comparison is um, to, to seven wise men who have reason. They, don't, they think themselves better than that. They won't even listen. It's amazing. Um, so let's see. Where was I now? That's Cole's brain. Okay. The words of a talebearer are wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Yes. Uh, and I heard somebody the other day, sticks and stones won't break my bones, but words will never hurt. Words always hurt. Word of words are very injurious to the inner man very injurious and how you say a thing to somebody really matters. Now, once we mature in Christ, words are not quite the same. Uh, we see Jesus Christ taking a lot of words, very injurious words to himself, even being called the devil. But he was so secure in himself that that didn't even bother him. He knows the wicked hearts of men. So God was not um, in Jesus Christ, you know, he he was not there being offended or hurt like that. And so we, we mature in Christ, but really and truly until people get to that point, when you start to talk about them and say awful things, you better know it goes deep. And honestly, goodness, after you say certain things, right, the person that you said them to, even if you apologize, they may never, ever, as long as they are, you know, outside of Christ and not going, they may, they may never want to be around you again or hear anything you say or take anything you say uh, seriously or too hard. So these are, these are ways that we have to really watch ourselves. 
when he speaks of fair, oh, I'm sorry, he that hateth, oh, I did that one already. What am I doing? Okay. Uh, when he speaketh fear, fair, believe him not, I didn't do it. Oh, they were burning lips and wicked heart are like potsherd covered with silver drosses. Mm. Yeah, burning lips and a wicked heart. It's, it's, you know, you can look at people and think that they're just okay, right? And then they open their mouths and, and um, you know, that, that their hearts are, are wrong and that they have no good, no good intentions, no good motives. They're not there. Silver dross is, is like we explained. Uh, Anna, I think, did this the other day. It's the waste part uh, when you, I guess, uh, are going to use silver. It has to be melted down and there's a part you take off. It's like um, clarified butter. You boil the stuff and then take off all the excess fat, I guess. I don't know what that is that comes off that butter. It's the milk, right? It's the leftover milk that comes up like that. So um, that is the idea here. Burning lips and a wicked heart. Those lips that just wait to say something that is not good. And the heart and motives are all file and awful. They are like a pot shirt covered with silver dross. You know, silver dross. I guess it would look like that that clarified butter before you take that dross top off of it. It's a, it's a kind of a, a yucky, gray, uh, dirty look. I'm thinking that that's what this would, that's the comparison here. These burning lips, they're terrible. He that hates dissembles with his lips and lays up deceit within him. These are just in the same vein. They're saying sort of the exact same thing. When he speaks fair, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. This is a bad state to be in. For anyone who would have this kind of, oh my gosh, would even allow themselves to get in this state. But let me, it happens very quickly. We've heard the expression, hurt people, hurt people. When people get hurt or by something, they've experienced some deep pain um, from others, right? Either they've been talked about or they've been rejected or they've been, um, you know, misused in some way. There's a deep anger that comes over them. And if you're not careful, that anger turns into exactly what we're reading here. And they become venomous people. They're always spouting evil and ugly about everything and everybody. It's very hard to be around people like that because their aim is to hurt. They get very, very caustic and tart. Their aim is to pierce and they are very skillful at it. And it comes out of a hurt and a hurt heart that has been allowed to fester in its wounds. It becomes an embitterment and it is not good. And if for any reason, you know, we would ever get hurt <clears throat> as those who are born again, 
I suspect that's why Jesus Christ tells us to do good to them who despitefully use you and to pray for your enemies. And and on it goes. That's the only two of those Beatitudes. I can remember, <clears throat> make peace because the peacemakers shall see God. You know, the Beatitudes. I'm so sure that the Lord knows. First of all, when you allow your heart to get bitter like that, you f- you're forgetting that the person who did something to you is just a person. They are really not, you know, uh, anybody with power over your life like that. I mean, they don't, they can't take your life and they can't give your life and they probably cannot provide your joy. They get none of that. So really and truly in self-reflecting, you would begin to see that you are more, you, you, you know, you're probably a little bit more um, <clears throat> confident in who you are than who you really are. And so these things will will bother you. If you think you're right, you know, you think you're righteous and you think you're really holy and good, when somebody uh, does something to hurt you, for some reason, you think that that should never have happened to you or you're above being hurt or the pain that comes with it. And so you allow this festering to happen, right? Or the person, I'm not talking you, you know, but we, we can do that. And you have to check it. You have to really check it. And you have to check it soon. And you have to do what Jesus Christ told you, because as soon as you begin to do good, as soon as you begin to pray, you, you're pressing yourself towards forgiveness. It doesn't come immediately, but the more you do it, the more forgiveness fills your heart. And the more what they do and say doesn't matter. It's a process. And God knows the process that we need to bring healing to ourselves. So um, uh, 27 says, Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. And that is in reference to all this ugly that people are doing. All this, you know, talking about you and, oh, so we didn't read the one before that. Who Whoso hate, who hatred is covered by deceit, whose heritage were discovered by deceit. The whole congregation, wait a minute, I'm, I'm misreading, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm having trouble seeing tonight. I'm just really, when he speaketh fair, don't believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Okay, that finishes. Whoever hatred is covered by deceit, whosoever hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness shall be showed before the whole congregation. Now, this is a real true one. We are living through some of this right now (laughs) when people are deceptive (laughs) in their heart. You know, they think they're covering it. I say all the time uh, with the Holy Spirit, if you truly have the Holy Spirit, then the Bible says we know each other after the Spirit, which means that if your spirit is all messed up there and intertwined with evil and the enemy has control of you, people can see it. Even the ungodly can see it. But sure enough, the people who are born again in Christ can see it. So you can't hide it. You cannot hide it, really and truly. And it says, your wickedness shall be shown to the whole congregation. And there is um, a, a, a process when people are acting out in the church. They're supposed to be called out on that, chastise. And if they won't hear, if they won't hear, they're supposed to be 
expelled for the time that they need to get it right. And that time isn't, you know, you're not just send them out and automatically think. They need to, they need to understand the need. They should go before God. They should spend time with the Lord. They should fast and pray. When the disciples went out and they were trying to, they wanted to cast out these demons, right? And they did. They did cast out demons. But there was one they couldn't. And so they brought the, brought them to the Lord. The Lord went to, I can't remember the detail there. But they said, well, Lord, why couldn't we do it? And he said, uh, oh, yeah, little, you know, he gave them a word there about um, belief, I think. But then he said, nonetheless, how be it, this kind cometh out but by fasting and prayer. So there is a deliverance that requires us not to lean to our own uh, moment in time, hearing from the Spirit. It is time for you to empty yourself so that there are no distractions there and you can be led by the Spirit of God. Fasting and prayer. And that's what needs to happen when people are living with these, this, you know, think they're covering their deceit and their wickedness. And if they're in the congregation, it shall be exposed because you see the Lord can see it. Whosoever diggeth a pit shall fall therein and he that rose a stone, it will return up. That's it. And, you know, Joseph's brothers did dug a pit for him and put him in it. Right, and then they rolled a stone and put it over him. <laughs> and the Egyptians came along and pulled him out. And Joseph did; he he had to be purified himself. So, you know, he underwent some 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 stuff there. But he was a good and righteous kind of child. So when the uh, he had a job working with Potiphar, and when the wife wanted to seduce him, he would not. He would have none of it. He he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that to his. Uh, master there, but she made it look like he did. And so Joseph spent about 13 years in a prison. But when he came out, see, he was made second in the kingdom, second ruler. He was over everything because there was a great famine. And guess what? Those same brothers who had dug the pit for him and rolled that stone over the top of him or left him down, I don't know if they rolled the stone or not. They had to come to Joseph after all for their own salvation. Yes, these proverbs really hit home. And a lion tongue hates them that are afflicted by it. And a flattering mouth works ruin. You know, that's the thing. When you are um, so often, so often people who flatter you are doing it for an undercurring reason. Oh, you know, you do that so nice, or you look so good. Sometimes they are poking fun through flattering words. Oh, it's a wicked heart. There's some wicked hearts in this world. And we have to ask the Lord to show us Right now, that a a lion tongue hates those that are afflicted by it. So when people start telling lies on you, you better know they hate you. Truly, 
you better just know it. I mean, there ain't nothing else. The word of God has already told us. We don't really have to ponder it at all and, and stay clear of that one. But definitely don't think that you're going to be a friend. That, that, that's not a friendship. That's not an acquaintance. That's not somebody that you even need to be around. Because the, Jesus Christ said that you are of your father, the devil. When you are lying, he said you are a liar and the father of lies. That's who Satan is. So light touches tell us there are constant iterations throughout Proverbs of the traits we should recognize in our daily encounters so that we know when to distance ourselves and how we should respond to sin and how to avoid troubles. Our answers, our words make a great difference in our walk in the way everlasting. Amen to it all. That's exactly right. That's what these Proverbs are doing for us. Yes. Okay. Fresh and said something up here. Oh, wait a minute. Let me go all the way up because, uh, yeah, here we go. So light touch. I read that one about the seven men. And then a contentious man sounds more dangerous than the annoying woman. You are right about that. Gendering that kind of strife. That's right. Contention. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And have you ever been around men who are just like, whoa, you look at them and say, well, now women are supposed to be known for their gossiping and complaining, but you are acting just like a real little child. Oh my gosh. I have been around men like that and just be, I'm in shock every time because we have this image that men ought to be kind of, you know, upright and stand strong and that sort of thing. And, you know, I have to be sitting around backbiting and talking in, in contention that, oh, my my son worked with a group of men. He would come home and said, Lord, mom, you just don't even know. And that's right. <laughs> like that says, I agree. <laughs> that's right. Words make a world of difference. Otherwise, the word wouldn't give this instruction. That's right. And contentious men are, are, are something else out there. They just want to stir up strife, stir up strife, stir up strife. So correction we mean for someone's harm. Well, I'm sorry. Let's see. What we what we mean to harm, the Lord will turn it to your good. Yes. For For someone else's harm. What we mean for someone else's harm. God will cause it to uh, the wickedness that they do you will come back on you. Okay, guys, listen. Um, so we we walk through them, and and again I say that in this book, these uh, chapters that the first I think it's it's probably ten verses, uh, eleven verses. 12 verses, I'm counting them. So the first 12 are all about the fool. And then let's see, a couple of them there uh, are about slothful sluggard, right? We're going down from 12. And then from 17 to the end, I think it picks up in 17. All of those about you know, meddling and talking and backbiting. And so we really, these things are very, very, very important. And these are the chief social, excuse me, issues when there is, um, when, when relationships go bad, it, it comes out of this kind of stuff. So may the Lord help us 
to do better in our in our talking in in our daily actions like not not procrastinating not being sluggish you know and it doesn't mean that you overwork or that you have to be bogged down in fact i think the opposite of that is also not good i don't think the lord likes busy busy folks like he was saying to to martha martha's and she was martha was trying to get his own Jesus. She was trying to make dinner for Jesus or set the table for for them. But when she complained like that, he said, Martha, Martha, you're concerned with so many things, but Mary has chosen the better part. So I don't think we're supposed to run around busy, 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 as I have been so busy. I stumble and fall from sleep. No, that isn't good either. That's foolishness, I think. Well, not that kind of foolishness we've been read about, but it's it's crazy. Like you, you know, you you're really not thinking so good when you do that kind of thing. So in these, we thank the Lord that He's bringing it so close to home, and that He is continuously iterating these things, these points. He's making these points through wise sayings, which makes it easy to remember because it's poetic of a sort, you see? And you can remember poetry better than you can remember, remember prose just because of the rhythm involved in it. And these contrasts right back to back things make you really see the uh, the contrast very, very much more clearly. And um, so we thank God that he is allowing us to learn. And I heard a testimony today that really, if all goes well, we will hear it um, Sunday. Sunday, the, uh, the guest reader will be uh, my dear friend um, who has had several uh, encounters with the Lord, as we all have, but she has told me hers. And this one is in the Proverbs. So she's going to come and help us to wind it down here. It is a wonderful, wonderful um, gathering that we've had for these for these. Um, 31 days. Well, today is the 26th day. If God gives us to Sunday, we will have had all 31. Believer Angel, bless the Lord. Thank you for coming. We're at the end of our reading of Proverbs chapter 26. Uh, we had a reading this morning. And if you really are interested in hearing our reading of the Proverbs with commentary, um, they will be uploaded to the episode list of Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. There we have several episodes and I will upload them all together so that anyone who wants to go back and hear them again can do so. And I will take, we've, we've done this twice a day, except on Sunday, we we will take the, 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 the um, reading that has the the strongest commentary those will be uploaded and the others i'll hold in archive right and to switch off i was even thinking about putting them both up because they come from two different perspectives and so one could repeat it and and hear it again from a different perspective kind of sort of you know we we have not disagreed on anything we've um uh made the comments and really the the the, the unity of thought has been quite astounding, even though sometimes the expressions are a little bit different and the explanations are a little more extended and a little more learned. But um, so just, I'm praying and asking the Lord what to do. Or maybe I'll hold one 
the morning will go up first. And then after in the, the next month that comes with 31 days, I'll put up the the evening read. And the, so we'll, we'll continuously be able to hear the reading of the Proverbs, which is really a blueprint for your social life, your interactions with other people. And that blueprint now isn't just this, you know, you're, you're um, emulating something. This is a transformation of the heart and it helps us to get closer to Jesus Christ and to exhibit more his character when we ask him to make this real in ourselves. And that's what we want to do tonight. Apples of gold, the beauty in God's word, you are right. It's just a beautiful thing. It really is. And that is the title of the series, Apples of Gold. Oh, in pictures of silver, we should add that because that it just has, oh, it just rings just right, doesn't it? <laughs> thank you, Light Touch, Sister Reams, and Freshen. Thank you so much. And Believer Angel for coming this evening to read the Proverbs. We will never be sorry that we have spent this time in God's word and may he be praised. My prayer is that we become the planting of the Lord, his trees of righteousness. And we dine every time we convene at this table. We dine and are blessed on the delicacies that God sets before us. So Father, we thank you for it. And I ask you to bless everyone in their way and in their day, no matter where they are in the day, if it's morning, noon, or night. Father, you know exactly what is needed. And I thank you for giving it to them. Protect us, Lord God. Surround us with your angelic host. For we are seeking you because we also recognize you as the great God of all creation. And so we have the fear of the Lord within us and you promised to do so. May the Lord God our, be our, our help and bless us as we go. And by his grace, hopefully tomorrow in the a.m., we shall convene at 9 on Eastern Standard Time. And again, um, we will meet with Reverend Thomas at 8 tomorrow night, and we'll read the Proverbs at 6. So thank you for coming. Have a really, really, really good evening. Oh, thanks a lot.